A.W. Tozier is quoted as saying, when the spirit illuminates the heart, then a part of a man sees that which he never saw before. Religion has offered the world a historical God that seems absent from everyday life. So the question remains, is there a revelatory life hack that can upgrade the prophetic touch on you and scratch the itch of a spiritually starved generation? Stay tuned as we shift the satellite for you on sharpening your spiritual senses, along with five prophetic hacks to upgrade your spiritual sensitivity. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight under real inspiration. Hey guys, my name is Emily Baca. I am from the Renton, Washington area, and I am just so thankful for this podcast, grateful for these two prophetic voices, and I love how they tag team their topics and infuse solid theology with their message. Enjoy today on Keep It 100. Hey everybody, we are back with you. This is Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista Smith. Hey. And we just want to take a moment and thank all of you listeners. Because of you, we got put in the top 10% of all downloads for a new podcast. So that's to you guys. Thank you for putting us in the top 10%. We're super grateful for you guys getting the word out. Just keep doing that. It's so good that people have been listening in and we've got such great feedback. You know, it's funny because Krista, we've been traveling so much. Uh, last three weeks, we've been in Seattle, Dallas, mm-hmm. and we've been in Baltimore. Right. So we've been traveling a little bit. We have. And it's kind of interesting. Like you said, it gives us a bit of an aerial view of what's going on. And really, we're seeing more and more people long for the Spirit of God to move. And so we're seeing such a desire for the supernatural like never before. We're having so many questions. There's such a hunger for the supernatural in a time where we've been on a global pause, on a time where people have been in isolation. They're like, okay, God, I want to encounter you. Along with that, I was thinking too, how much I feel challenged as a believer to want to step up my game, True, to walk in sensitivity, lockstep with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I love that A.W. Tozer quote that, you know, essentially when God comes on a person, he enables him to see what he didn't see. Because I feel like typically if left to ourselves, we sometimes walk in a spiritual dullness Mm -hmm. where we don't feel particularly clued into what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. But like you said, there's a hunger in the house. Yeah. And- I remember years ago, I was just started traveling and itinerant ministry. And I it was like a, a Applebee's restaurant in the front. They had hired this kind of magician. As we walked in, the guy I thought was going to do your basic card trick. And so he held the deck in front of me and he says, hey, pick a card. And I'm getting ready to pick a card. He says, no, I just want you to think about the card that you had picked. I don't want you to actually put your hands on it. The deck was face down. So I immediately stopped for a moment and had this thought come to me, two of spades. And the guy looked at me almost about the time I got the thought. And he says, two of spades, too easy. Pick another card. And so immediately in, in, in my head, I just kind of got this thought, queen of diamonds. And so he shuffles the deck and then he reaches into the deck and pulls out a queen of diamonds. He says, is this your card? And I just walked away. I was oh freaked out. And I believe some of those guys, it's just card tricks. But this dude was tapping into yeah, something demonic. For sure. And maybe some people listening, you're kind of like, I don't know if I believe that's out there. Well, the Bible says that the enemy can shoot thoughts. We call it temptation. When God speaks to us, it's called revelation. So I believe that guy was so demonically inspired. He heard what the enemy was shooting in terms of suggestions, and he said it to me. But what I really walked away with was, hey, I'm challenged to step up my prophetic game. It's Mount Carmel time. 
listeners. And we've got to understand our God is the God that answers by fire. We, we live in a world where there is so much supernatural activity and the film industry and the TV shows and the video games and so much of what we qualify as entertainment is supernatural based. And then we come into a church and we don't have the supernatural spirit of God moving. And people think that's going to freak people out. And you're like, okay, look at what people are feeding themselves on in entertainment level. Clearly, there's an appetite and a hunger for something bigger than you. They're looking for it elsewhere in the place they should be finding at the church. It's pretty absent in North American church. And I believe there is a invitation at this time, this hour in history, where we have had this kind of quietness. It has provoked a seeking in people. It has provoked a, a longing to go, okay, God, are you real? Number one. And then those that have just been curious spiritually and they've been seeking elsewhere through alternative, you know, non, non-Jesus methods of wanting to have an encounter with the spiritual realm. And I believe we have an assignment, but also a spiritual responsibility to bring a genuine encounter to a spiritually seeking world. And I see such a hunger. There's such a deficit of the true encounter with God. And I believe your example of the guy with the magician, he was absolutely tapping into something real. You know, so many times people are like, is that real? Is magic real? Absolutely. Like we have, we have a heavenly realm and we have a demonic realm. There is a heaven and there's a hell. There is light and there is darkness. And if we don't actually acknowledge the reality of darkness and light, and there is a source, it's a counterfeit source, but it's a source and it does not have more power than God. God is the ultimate authority. So let's let's not get that twisted. Let's not give the enemy more power than he has. God sent his only son to defeat the enemy. So what I love is the enemy is already conquered. And as you and I in blood covenant with Jesus, we are enforcing that victory that Jesus has already established. So I bring that up simply that we have to walk out who we're called to be. And we have a spiritual responsibility to upgrade our spiritual senses, which is what we're talking about today, so that we can bring that encounter not for just for us, but for those around us. We are around broken people all the time that are so longing to have an encounter with God. When we have walk in a deeper place of the prophetic, in discernment, in signs, wonders, and miracles, you know, we're able to minister to people that are longing for something bigger than them. And his name is Jesus. We're the carriers of who he is. Your point is just so accurate because if we don't tap into what our birthright is, we stand the chance to lose the ear of a generation. Come on. And as we said and spoke about on our previous podcast, The Genesis of a Voice, one of the things we established, I believe it was two episodes ago, is that as we hear the voice of God, we can become his voice in the Mm, earth. And that's where we're at. And Jesus extended this invitation in John chapter 14, verse 12. He says, the works I've been doing, you will do, and greater works than these shall you do. So what he's declaring is that the supernatural ministry would be the new normal for all believers. Well, God has us in a in a space where he wants us to come into a new normal, and it's hearing his voice. Joel 2, another great passage, lets us know that God will part a spit on all That's flesh. Right. Sons and daughters, daughters will, will prophesy. prophesy. Yeah. So he's letting us know that the last day's awakening will be a prophetic awakening. It will be a place where our senses will be sensitized, sharpened to hear the voice of God. I saw this sign one time in a deli. The the sign said, sharp is safe, dull is dangerous. 
And what he obviously meant was that the sharp knife, you don't have to push very hard. There's very little chance of the knife slipping and cutting you. But if it's dull, the knife could slip and cut you. And I feel like that is the statement for today. Sharp is safe. Mm -hmm. Being spiritually dull in this hour is dangerous. So true, because the ability to track with Holy Spirit will prove to be one of the most crucial skill sets that you and I are called to possess right now. And the reason why that's so crucial is because you and I are called to give an encounter to people. And if we have the ability to possess tracking with what Holy Spirit's doing and saying, God, I'm running some errands, but if you want to bring me some divine appointments, if you want to bring me some people in wheelchairs so I can pray for them to get healed, if you bring me someone that needs a prophetic word because they are contemplating suicide right now, God, bring them into my path when I have sharpened my spiritual senses to not just go about life, but to understand that I am bringing heaven wherever I go. I not only shift atmospheres, I release the kingdom of God. That is profound. I was about to shout you down, jump up and down, <laughs> hop on the other side of this podcast table, give you a high five. The Lord is inviting us to sync with him because Jesus said, I only do that which I see the father do. And that which the mm. father does, the son does Come likewise. On. So we're to sync with heaven, but you can't sync with what you don't sense. Mm. You don't Say sense again. where God is at. You can't sync with you can't sync with what you don't sense. Mm, so true. You can't you can't partner with something you're not aware of, right? You can't own something that you don't know you can possess. And so there has to be this awareness. There has to be an agreement. There has to be this collaboration with what God and Holy Spirit are doing. Friends, can we become aware of who dwells within us and who's around us? You know, they've got like the Long Island psychic. They've yes. got, I think, the Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. medium. And I, I look at that and I just go, okay, church, come on. This is our yeah. hour. Yeah. This is our time. Right. So to all our Keep It 100 tribe, I want to get defined sensitive for you. But Webster's defined sensitive as the means to have the capacity and ability to receive and perceive impressions from both the internal and external influences. So you say, Sean, kind of what does that mean? Well, to say that you're sensitive means that you're in position and attuned to hear the voice of God. One of my, I don't rank this movie in terms of top five, top 10, but a movie of mine that I've always enjoyed and been challenged by is the movie Minority Report. But it has these, they call them precogs, but they were able to kind of sense when violence and crimes are going to take place. And so they would kind of alert them before. And I thought, what could be the capacity if we truly walked in tune with the spirit, is it to the place where maybe the body of Christ could could avoid, uh, help a nation, help a city avoid calamities? Maybe you as an individual listening, God could speak to you in a way that could help a relative, help a neighbor, help a coworker. There's so much on the line with us being sensitive that I think it's uh, so important and so vital that we do so. First Corinthians uh, chapter 2 verse 12 says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit whereby we may know these things given by God. The reason why that scripture is important, I quote and have memorized that scripture and stand on it multiple times, particularly before I go into meetings, that God, you've not given me the spirit of the world. Why did he say that? Because the spirit of the world, it's back to that uh, sign that was in the deli, sharp is safe, dull is dangerous. The spirit of the world makes you dull. If all you do is feed and drink it dulls you to the spirit of God. But it says, God's not giving you a spirit of the world, but a spirit whereby you may know those things. And so that encourages me that it has been given to me to know it. Mm -hmm. Not to, it's not guesswork. Right. That God has put it in me. The spirit of God will show me 
And the more I know it, the more I can flow with it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says that we may know the things freely given us by God. It is the Greek word edo, which means to be aware, to see, to be sure, to perceive. It means spiritual senses allowing you to receive direct revelation from God. That's so exciting to know that God has hardwired us to be aware of his movement, to be sure. I love that's in the definition. It speaks of spiritual senses allowing you to receive direct revelation from God. Keep it 100 tribe. What's so important is we're going to give them some really practical things, but I want to ask some questions to you about how do we develop this in our own lives and how have we walked this out? Because you and I, we're like a few decades deep. But what are some of the primary ways that you've sensitized your spirit and how you've connected with God? I'm more of a word person, but I would say the primary way, waiting. The Bible says, them that wait upon the Lord, mm-hmm. he will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. That thing about an eagle, eagle has the most keen eyesight and perception of any bird. Right. And I think that there are eagle Christians and ostrich Christians. Ostrich <laughs> have plain eyesight and what little eyesight they have, they forfeit by sticking their head in the ground. Nobody's ever seen an ostrich. And we have too many ostrich Christians. We need some eagle Christians. But that verse says, mm. them that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength, mount up with wings as eagles. So I think that eagle sensitivity comes from waiting. So I say so the primary good. thing for me is I just get still. I've got some uh, worship music in the background, but I don't know to say that I'm at that point in time singing the songs and trying to right. concentrate on the lyrics. I just get still before the Lord. And mm-hmm. as I wait, I feel like there's a calibration. You know, I'm really similar. I think I have noticed when I really need to connect with Holy Spirit and I have felt like a distraction. And I think we're in a season of a lot of distractions. A lot of things are pulling on our time, our attention, our affection even. And I'm a worshiper like through and through. And so for me, probably my primary way I connect with God is worshiping. But what I've noticed lately for me is I have to do instrumental worship because I'll start singing and I just get distracted. (laughs) And it's wonderful to sing and worship. But right now, I feel like my heart needs to be steadied in the Lord. My heart needs to be anchored in the Lord. And there's something about the quietness, even though I'll have instrumental worship in the background. I'll put that on and then I'll just wait on God. But I I listen for the response because I come expecting, knowing that God's going to speak to me. Sometimes I hear things. Sometimes I sense things. Sometimes I see a picture. And I feel like that's something that so many people, if you want to develop your spiritual senses, it's developing that connection and waiting on God. And I think we often underestimate the still small voice of God, that, that still small place of waiting for that still small voice of God. So that leads me to another great question. Okay, okay. So the question now is, what do you do when you do feel spiritually dull or spiritually congested? I am a big declarations person. So I have declarations. I actually have a book uh, that I bought a woman, Barbara Billet is her name. And it was introduced to me from a friend and it's topical. And she has all these scriptures that what the Lord speaks about a specific area. And then you pray the scriptures and sh- it's just really simple, but it's so powerful because I'm praying the word. So if I am worried about something, I'll literally go to the topic of worry. And I, I read what God says about worry. And I declare who God is above what I'm worrying about. And I declare that God's my answer and God's my source. And whenever I'm done declaring and praying the word, and just to give some explanation to our tribe, 
of declarations. Declarations is for me declaring what God's word says so that my heart and my, and my spirit, my emotions and my mind come into alignment with God's word. So I'm declaring truth so that truth sets a root within me because I don't want to be rooted on the sand. I want to be rooted on the rock. Um, so for me, when I feel dull, when I feel spiritually congested, I have to get realigned and repositioned in who I am in him. For me, what I often do is that I pray in a spirit. Yeah, that's you know, it, Paul says so good. that if yes. you pray in a spirit or you he who prays in a spirit, prays in tongues, they edify themselves. Yeah, come and on. And the word literally is almost a picture of like you would take jumper cables out on a dead car battery. So sometimes when I feel dull, praying in the spirit jump starts my spirit. Mm, that's so good. And so I'll, yeah. you, you're around me. I'll Same. pray while I'm driving. I'll pray <laughs> You in pray the in the spirit, spirit all the time. In the shower. Yep. And that always seems to break open an atmosphere for me and causes me to feel more attuned. And I think there's a reason why, because there may be some people that either have not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Mm. And I think no one that knows anything about the Bible or Christianity uh, would say that that Paul wasn't sensitive to God. And he he's letting you know a secret that the way to sharpen your spiritual sense, according to Paul, was to pray with your understanding, but to pray in the spirit. And so Come that on. becomes something that I like to do. I love that. And you know, I think for maybe some of our listeners today, they're like, I'm feeling really dull. I'm feeling spiritually congested. And you know, I really want to speak to that because I feel like that is very real. But the reality is I just want to speak to some areas of things that can cause hindrances to our spiritual sensitivity. Because if we're talking about sharpening our spiritual senses, we also have to talk about the flip side, what hinders your spiritual sensitivity. Um, you know, what I've noticed, and I'm going to call it getting on the party line. Uh, you, you have to really be wise about who you associate with. And Proverbs 14, 7 so, says this so well. It says, leave the presence of a fool or you will not discern the words of knowledge. Which means if you're around foolish people and foolish conversation, foolish advice, you'll heed to that and not even recognize wisdom or truth when it's released. Come on, keep it 100 tribe. Who you allow to speak into those places have to be people of faith, have to be people that are going to call you deeper to your walk with God and whom you're associating with, who has access to your life, who are you allowing to speak into your identity is so key for sharpening your spiritual senses. I know that if I want to connect with God at a deeper level, I'm going to listen to voices that help develop my walk with Jesus. And so if they aren't if they're not pointing me toward the things of the Lord, then I'm going to really reevaluate their access into my life. I love your phrase, getting on the party line is a hindrance. <laughs> yeah. Because I sense today that it's so easy for people to get in their political party lines. Oh, say that. And all of a sudden, you're hearing through the skew of the donkey or you're hearing through the skew of the elephant instead mm -hmm. of hearing through the skew of the lion of the tribe Robert of Judah. Judah. <laughs> and so I, I feel like... Getting off the party line is so important. I love that point. That's so good. I think another hindrance to spiritual sensitivity is unbelief and double-mindedness. That's good. That's good. That one of the things that I came to as I was developing my ability to hear from God is to be totally honest, and maybe there's some listeners out there that share this. I got stuff, but I didn't feel like I could trust it. Mm. And then I came across this verse in, in 1 John, the, the epistle. He says, you have this anointing in you. You can trust that anointing. So Lord had to deal with me about getting out of unbelief because I feel like if you're in unbelief, first of all, you're not connected because the Bible says we prophesy according to our faith. So it's going to require faith to establish that connection. 
Faith is the breaker on the wall that flips the power. You know, like some people, you have light switches on your wall, flips on the light. Others, you have a, a switch on the wall that's your power. So when you flip that on, that a certain outlet can now release power to a light or power to whatever electronic appliance you're trying to. I feel like faith is that switch that you flip that on. Now it empowers your ability to receive. But maybe something I think is, is something I, I've seen more in this generation, and I'm not just talking about 30 and under, is double-mindedness. Mm. We'll believe we are sensitive, and then we think we're dull. We believe, man, I can hear from God, then I don't know if I can hear from God. And we just go back and forth. And the Bible is clear, let not a double-minded man believe they'll receive anything from God. So I think one of the other hindrances to spiritual sensitivity is unbelief and double-mindedness. You have to believe that God wants to interact with you daily. And I think, you know, when I was younger, I think I really struggled with that. You know, I think I really struggled in my 20s specifically of the double-mindedness. And it came from a place where I had allowed fear, a spirit of fear to influence my, my thoughts and my belief system. And I had, I had a deep walk with God. I'd like to believe, and I loved Jesus, but I had old mindsets and fixed mindsets that created a double mindedness, but they were really false belief systems, fixed mindsets. And that was based on a spirit of fear rather than the spirit of God. And I think there's times where we have learned behaviors of stuff that's been told to us there's people in our lives that have strong opinions or they've said the same thing to us for decades. And so it's just integrated into us. It's just something that our, maybe our, your family believes. It's part of the culture of your family, the culture of your society. And, you know, I remember when I lived in Australia, culturally, there was a belief system. It's called cut the tall poppy. If anyone stands out, if anyone goes above the status quo, if culture in Australia is they want everyone kind of the same and they want to cut down the tall poppy because all the poppies need to be the same. All the poppies have to be kind of average together. If we're all average together, then we're all like each other. And there's that community in averageness, you know? And I feel like we can do that in our Christian walk. If someone is radical in their faith, if someone's believing for the supernatural, if someone's believing and against all odds, you know, God's going to heal me. God's going to give me this. There's a breakthrough. And you look with natural eyes, you're like, that's crazy. But if you speak that and you release that over that person, um, it can actually release a, a deflation of their faith and what God's actually called to position them to and vice versa. When we have people speak it over us and we agree with it, we believe it. We have a wrong mindset uh, that isn't aligned with the spirit of God. So our minds have to be renewed to be based on what the word says and who God is in us and through us. Scripture backs that up. Scripture talks about in Matthew 13, 13 yes, through 17, right. yeah. Jesus says, I speak in parables as if to imply that the Pharisees and the other teachers of the law, he says, the hearts of these people have grown dull, they're hard of hearing, they've shut their eyes, they would not see and understand with their hearts. And so what he's saying is that they were so strong in their opinion that when presented with revelation, they refused to submit to the revelation. They stuck to their opinion. And obviously he would say of them that your traditions is nullifying the word of God. We think of it now as the word of God is the written word of God. But at that time, you know, there, there wasn't a Bible. So what he was saying was you've allowed your tradition, your fixed mindset to nullify my revelation. So what you're saying is so I true. I love that. Hindrances also include an undeveloped tuner. In some ways, we've not developed our ability to hear because we've not fed it enough of the word of God. I believe one mm. of the ways that you develop your tuner is that you 
feed on the word of God because the word of God washes your heart. And as it washes your heart, it clears the way to receive. And so an undeveloped tuner sometimes comes because people have never moved from the milk to the meat. Maybe they do have some scriptures and they can quote John 3.16. Maybe they could quote Jesus wept. They could quote a couple other scriptures, but they've never moved from milk to meat. And I think something about the difference between milk and meat. Milk is post-digested meat. I'll give you an example. When a, when a mother is breastfeeding her baby, mom will eat the steak, but the meat goes through mom, mom breaks it down and her body releases milk to the baby. So sometimes when you say you have to go from milk to meat is saying the word of God doesn't always have to pass through someone else to get to you. That it's awesome that we've got great preachers and we've got great people that we love to listen to, but we've got to get alone with God and get our own meat, our own revelation. It shouldn't always have to pass through someone else. You know, I just want to end with this last thing because I know we're going to move on, but I think it's important. And that is unfocused living. We're talking about things that hinder your spiritual senses and your ability to track with Holy Spirit. And that is distractions. Because as soon as you focus your heart on the Spirit, your senses then begin to receive that which you're in contact with spiritually. And I believe that there is such a battle for our focus right now. It has been a very distracting season because we have had so much on our plate and there's so much new things. We as a ministry have had to fully pivot, do so much stuff online. We're used to traveling, all this different kind of stuff. And so the energy, they call it adaptive energy. And that's where there's so much change and there's so much new stuff. It takes a lot of adaptive energy. I have found myself distracted, but also tired. And being tired is a real factor in your distraction, right? Because True. it's hard to focus when you're weary. And, and it may be weary is too strong of a word. Let's use the word tired. But in a season where I've had so much adaptive energy, I found myself distracted and, and a bit unfocused. So when I'm distracted, I'm allowing my to-do list to sometimes offset my quiet time. And as soon as my quiet time's a bit offset, I'm like, ooh, I can feel it. I can feel like a, a, a misalignment within myself. I can feel myself not as anchored in peace um, because I'm unfocused. And then when I spend time in the presence of God and we worship and we wait and we pray and we spend time with God, all of a sudden that focus and the distractions go away. And all of a sudden everything begins to shift and my spiritual senses then click into a place of awareness. And I feel like that is so key because we want people to click into a place of awareness and click into a spiritual sensitivity that they were created to walk in, but eliminating the distractions recognizing, hey, I have to spend time with God. It's not an option. It's actually a necessity. Your last point, I believe, is the whole heart of this entire episode, is that you have to be intentional about connecting with Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it really takes, you know, it's that old thing that if you stand still on a downward escalator, you're not going to stay where you're at. Right. You're going to end up at the bottom of that uh, incline. And I feel like because of our culture, there's a bit of a downward elevator. You have to be intentional. And so that requires that you are focused. You know, I'm a, I'm a word guy. You know that. And I, <laughs> yes, I love different words. And one word that we're hearing a lot about now is hack. Not so much hack as in hackers that hack computers, but we're hearing phrases like life hacks. And what I mean by that, because I think we should define the term, a life hack is a strategy or technique in order to facilitate an activity in a more efficient way. So in other words, when you give someone a life hack, what you're giving them is an inside trade secret to become oh, more so accomplished 
at what you're sharing. Yeah. So we want to conclude our episode by giving you five prophetic tuning life hacks. So they come actually from five Hebrew words. And the first word, and these are five Hebrew words for discernment. The first word is, is nekar. And nekar means to inspect or look something over with the intention of recognizing it, discerning it, or distinguishing it. And, and I, I think of nekar, again, you're looking at something that the way to have discernment is that you have to begin to focus on it. You have to begin to look at it. And as you do it, you're discerning it. So I feel like when I think of Nakar, I think of I'm observing something, but I'm having an inward dialogue with Holy Spirit. So I'm not just looking at a person and thinking, oh, those are cool shoes. Man, I don't know about that shirt though, you know, but you're, <laughs> you're looking at them and go, yeah, you got cool shoes and, and whatever about the shirt, but Holy Spirit, help me to see what you're seeing. Mm, that's so good. And the Latin meaning of the word intuition is interesting. It means to look at or have perception. So this is exactly what I believe Nekar is about. It's looking at something and expecting to receive divine perception. Paul, it says in Acts chapter 14, it says, perceiving that a man had faith, he said to a guy who could walk, stand up and walk. And I always thought, how did he see faith on him? He stared at the guy and something began to jump out. Before he knew it, the Holy Spirit was communicating. He has faith. This is your next miracle. Step into it. The second prophetic tuning hack, because we want you guys to walk away with some really practical tools, is the Hebrew word shama, S-H-A-M-A. And it means to listen with the idea of obeying what you hear, because you have to obey what the Lord releases over you. And what I love is this is about being a good steward of what you hear, because the Lord's going to release things over your life if you don't uh, follow through with what God's speaking to you, there's often a diminishing that happens in your ability to hear God. Because if you're not walking in obedience, if you're not walking out what the Lord's speaking to you, there is often a diminishing in your ability to hear him and him speaking to you. Now, here's what's interesting. I remember when I was younger, I would hit roadblocks. And I remember one of my spiritual mentors asked me, what's the last thing the Lord asked you to do? And I thought about it. And they said, did you do it? And I hadn't done it. And they said, well, that's often a way that your flow of Holy Spirit and your ability to hear him is clogged because you have not even stewarded what he's asked you to do in the first place. So if you're listening today, keep it 100 tribe. What's the last thing God spoke to you and did you do it? Because I believe Shama is to listen with the idea and the intention to obey what God is speaking to us. John 7, 17 says, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the teaching, whether it be of God. We have to know and walk in a place of discernment, listening, going, is that God? And when it is God, we move on it quickly. A third tuning hack is the word rai, R-A-A-I. It means watching something and learning from it. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways I've developed discernment is watching the Holy Spirit move. I used to pull out, this is back in the day, I'm somewhat dating myself. I'd pull out DVDs or even I go further back, VHSs. And I would see people that moved in the prophetic or people that moved in miracles. And I would watch, rewatch, rewatch, rewatch the services. But it wasn't so much I was watching maybe the human instrumentality, but I was watching the anointing on these people. And as I was watching the flow and the anointing, I was growing in discernment and kind of like, okay, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do right now? And then watch them do the same thing. So I've developed discernment by watching others minister in the prophetic. I, I get materials. I read books on the prophetic. I get around it. Sometimes cer certain things are more caught than taught. Right. And I remember I was I would drive sometimes two or three hours to be in a service of mm -hmm. someone 
that was sensitive to God and flowed. Yeah. But it was worth it. Right. Because it's rei, it means watching something and learning from it that you grow in your discernment by watching the anointing and cataloging what was that like? What did you sense? What's going on? And then walking away with that becoming a part of your expression of Holy Spirit. The next one is tabuna, T-E-B-U-N-A. And it means the process where one gains knowledge through experience and through it gains discernment. I'm going to focus on one word there and it's process. Friends, it is a process to develop the discernment. It is a process to develop your spiritual senses. I know this is true in many people's lives and it's certainly true in mine. I had spiritual mentors take risks on me in the area of prophetic specifically where we're in services and they would call me up and they'd be like, what's God saying to you? And I'd be like, I don't really know what God's saying to me. And then they would hand me a mic and all of a sudden, boom, I'd get a drop. And then I would just release it. And I just watch God use it and minister to people. And through that, I learned how to discern his voice. I learned how to move in the prophetic. And then I also begin to trust the Holy Spirit. Like you said, you have to trust the anointing in you. Have to, and that happens, friends, through a process. And it happens through experience. The greater the experience, the greater the knowledge. I believe that when is more we have have experiences, it gives us a depth and a breadth of a knowledge of how to flow and collaborate with Holy Spirit, because I believe we activate our spirit through practice. And Hebrews 5.14 talks about having our senses trained. The final one is yada, which is one of my favorite words, Krista. Hmm. It speaks of the deepest intimacy that a person could have with another. So the fifth and final prophetic hack is getting alone with God, because the secret place becomes the learning place for the marketplace. Mm, that's good. Your spiritual senses grow as you get saturated in his presence. If I put myself before the Lord, I'm putting myself in a place of encounter. And the more I encounter Holy Spirit, because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to walk away with a new skill set. I want to walk away with greater intimacy. Come on. And if I have greater intimacy with God, I'm going to feel what he feels. And I think one of the things to do is just pray until you feel that embrace. Mm. I remember one time I was going through a tough time when I first gave my life to the Lord. And I said, God, you do everything, but God, you just can't give hugs. I just need a hug right now, mm -hmm. man. I was I was uh, like emo before emo, I guess. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt the warm embrace of God come down from heaven. And I just remember crying, go, God, you do give hugs. You do give hugs. Aww. And so yada is so important. Yeah. You guys, if you don't get anything else... This thing is about intimacy. It's not just about walking away with a different skill set. This thing is about knowing him, knowing his heart, becoming his heart. And if you do, you will sharpen your spiritual senses and walk in a way where I believe that the miraculous will become your day-to-day -day life and it will become your norm. Keep It 100 Tribe, we want you to know you're called to walk in a place of spiritually being aware of what Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You're not listening to this podcast by accident. You're listening to this podcast because God's tapping you on the shoulder saying, come on, son, daughter, I want to use you to hear my voice and to bring an encounter to a world that is lost, hurting, and broken. We are in a place where so many people are longing to be known by God and to encounter God. Friends, you are that encounter, but first, Jesus wants to encounter you. And as you take time to wait on him, to listen, to acknowledge his spirit in his presence, your spiritual awareness is going to increase. 
Friends, this is available for all of you. All of you have access to the same Holy Spirit. There is no junior Holy Spirit. You are called to walk in a deep, intimate relationship with God. We want to impart that into you. We want to, we want you to know we're praying for you this week. And if you have a testimony, send it to us on Facebook, email our ministry. We want to hear how God is awakening your spiritual senses. And with that, friends, thanks for joining us this week. But we want you to know, keep connecting with us even throughout the week. And of course, join us every Tuesday for a brand new podcast episode that drops on any podcast platform. But also during that time, continue to subscribe, rate, and review the Keep It 100 podcast. Because of that, it makes it more visible to more people. And that's what we want. We want more people to get discipled in their walk with Jesus. Of course, at any time, visit us at www.shawnachrisasmith.com. We'd love to hear from you. You do not want to miss next episode. Next week, we're going to talk about clap back, casting shade, and getting flack. How to develop a thick skin while maintaining a tender heart, which is so important in the day that we live in. We love you guys. Can't wait till next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it 100.